Hi, this is Li Chen Ren, Director of Modern Alpha Wisdom Tree ETFs. Welcome to China of Tomorrow podcast series, where we navigate China, India, Japan, and the broad emerging markets with members of Wisdom Tree and other industry leaders. Hi, today is February 6, 2023. It's 8 p.m. Uh, our guest is Don Dongfang Ma, based in Shanghai, founder of Horizon Insights, a Chinese institutional research firm providing investment research services to both global and Chinese institutions. Hi, so great to talk about China, uh, both its macroeconomic and commodity analysis, as well as equity research uh, by sectors. Um, Hi, a very broad question. Be, um, you know, where, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, Horizon Insights. Hi, hi, Li Qian, and uh, thank you for inviting me for this episode. I'm Don Ma, uh, Dong Fan Ma. I'm, uh, I'm the founder of Horizon Insights. And uh, for myself, I have about 15 years uh, research experience and uh, I'm in Horizon Insights, I'm responsible for uh, market strategy. In terms of uh, our firm, we are the largest independent research firm uh, in China, and we have uh, uh, our hot headquarter is in Shanghai, and we have offices in uh, Hong Kong, in United States, in Singapore. And uh, mostly we, uh, we have uh, research services for uh, institutional investors and most of the mutual funds, uh, private uh, hedge funds uh, in China, they are uh, mostly our clients. And we also serve uh, hedge funds in United States and also uh, mutual funds in United States. So uh, that's that's Horizon Insights and, and myself, yes. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know timing of equity market is very hard, uh, but you you made two very good calls last year, uh, both for early May 2022 recovery from Shanghai lockdown, uh, as well as uh, reopening and sentiment uh, bottoming end of 2022. Um, I think uh, you know when it came to China, it's uh, it. it it's it's harder to call uh, these uh, markets. Um, tell us a little bit on how do your team do macro uh, economic analysis in China? Well, uh, thank you. And uh, we we did make uh, we did make a uh, quite a good call. Yes, and uh, uh, and I, I think the Asia market is very interesting. Uh, for some mature market, timing is not that important compared to stock selection or sector selection. But if you look at the maybe 10 years, 15 years, 20 years experience for Asia, uh, the fluctuation is quite a, quite, uh, quite a lot. And which means that a low frequent uh, timing uh, selection uh, calls are very important for Asia. Besides, first I want to add besides uh, the uh, book the buy course this year. We were bearish uh, last year. Uh, we we were bearish in uh, 2021, and which are quite different from uh, the consensus uh, for the for the market Asia. And we were also bearish uh, in late 2017, and we were uh, bullish uh, late 2018. So we, we did make quite a lot of low frequent timing calls uh, in the past. 
And second, uh, in terms of how to make this course, and it's quite not easy to answer in 20 minutes, but I would, I would mention several features of our framework. First, uh, while Asia is very interesting and we mostly we would like to identify and separate different factors with a rigorous way, which means that more like a math problem and what's the trigger for the short-term fluctuation for Asia, what's the trigger, what's the driver for the medium-term fluctuation for Asia, and what's the, uh, what's the long-term driver for Asia, for China's macroeconomy in, in, for Asia and for China. And those factors can be, uh, can be independent to each other, which means that the short-term fluctuation for Asia may totally different with a very different direction to the long-term market, market direction. For example, I would describe the, the two calls you mentioned in this way. We turned uh, bullish for Asia early May 2022. And, but we also mentioned that there could be a sentiment correction uh, from July to September. And which means that in October, that's uh, another good timing to buy Asia. But for the bullish, uh, for the bull uh, course, for the buy course, we, we didn't change that from May to, uh, uh, to October. So that, that was not to buy course, but those are, those are actually uh, uh, in line with our uh, broad view for, for China's economy and Asia. And for macroeconomy. So let you know before we drill down. I'm sure listeners are you know very interested in um, first get your view of now. Like what is the what is your current uh, short term, medium term, and long term view? Like as of now, um, in February 2023. Oh, all right. Well, we are bullish for the Asian market, and we 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 said timing to a peak timing, which is should be, well, it's, it, it, it is an important call uh, for Asia, but it should be on low frequency basis. So which means that you shouldn't make buy and sell very frequently. For Asia, the trends usually are very uh, clear, but also fluctuation is very clear. And, and those are, uh, I think we made uh, quite a lot of research on that and, and why China have such a very clear trend a cycle in, in the past. And it's totally different from the market in the United States. And second is, uh, well, for, for the, uh, for the uh, view on 2023 and including 2024, we are bullish for the Asia market. And in, for, but for short term, we think that we are currently on, uh, uh, on the, in the middle of an uh, upside uh, sentiment cycle. And we think that mostly you see China have a very, uh, very interesting feature that China, the Asian market have a sentiment cycle for four to six months. If you go through the past, you, you, you can see that the volume of the market up for two months to three months and down for another two months to three months. And the reason for that is the average holding period for Asia investors are around four to six months. So the annualized turnover rate in Asia is about 
200% to 300%, which are match, which matched the, 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 the cycle we, we mentioned. So those are very uh, different and uh, independent factors for Asia. And also for median term, for if you uh, maybe for the holding period for one year to two years, then uh, the valuation could be very important. And mostly we, we, we can see that the valuation for Asia actually move quite a lot and it usually become the very important, very important factor uh, in one year to two years. And, and if, we, if we calculate the contribution, it's much higher than the contribution from the EPS, from the EPS side. So uh, let me make it clear. Uh, we are bullish uh, for the market in, in long term, one to two years, and also for short term, we think that we are in the middle of uh, upside sentiment cycle. And maybe, uh, yeah, maybe in March, and we will see there will be a, a adjustment for the sentiment. Thank you. This is very helpful because I think, uh, um, you know, many people, at least outside China, when they think about investing in China, uh, they think a lot about uh, the stocks that's listed in the U.S. and and also the ones listed in Hong Kong. Uh, the 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 fact is, you know, we have a China index, and you know, full disclosure here, we have one third um, weight in China shares. Uh, China share has become much more accessible. Um, you could uh, trade through Stock Connect for the higher liquid, uh, liquid, higher liquid uh, stocks. Um, in your bullish call, do you do you have any difference between uh, large mid companies or and versus the smaller, uh, or you you think that overall th this this next you know years there won't be uh, dramatic. Uh, differences between the large cap, mid cap, and versus the small cap, and I ask this because China uh, is starting a, a small cap index, right? Like for people who are familiar with Russell two thousand, um, the equivalent of it in China was not, you know, not well known, and now there's a, a couple of small cap index that's made available. Is your view? Um, different between large, mid, and, and small, or it's not an area you guys uh, focus too much on? Well, we, we, we do have research on uh, uh, on a different type of uh, stocks. And uh, well, we have a view for the, uh, for the direction of the market. And also we have research on uh, the, our strategy, strategy for different sectors. And also we have strategy for different type of uh, stocks like uh, uh, the size uh, of the stock or uh, maybe uh, the supply chain that the place the supply chain for the for the certain companies and well that's a very interesting topic for uh, small uh, cap and large cap because we, we talk we just talked about three three uh, different horizon time horizon for uh, Asia market for shorter medium term and long term and for uh, for large cap versus uh, small cap, it's a super long term cycle, and it's like five years. So we we, we can observe that for uh, in 2020, 20, uh, 2010 to twenty fifteen, it's a five year upside cycle, upside trend for small cap, uh, uh, which are uh, uh, beats the the large cap. 
for totally five uh, five years, and also uh, starting from 2016 to 2021, then large caps uh, beat the beat the small caps for the to, for for five years, and it's a it's a long term trend which uh, which which we we think that we we shouldn't make a short term call for for uh, the different sides of the 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 stocks, and the reason for the you know well the the there, there's a very interesting reason for this. We think that, uh, well that's that's have a lot of uh, something to do with the structural change for China's economy. When we see the China's economy is experiencing uh, structural change, then mostly, while well, small stocks uh, small caps uh, perform better. When the the market uh, the economy structure is Getting strengthened, then uh, large cap usually perform better. So, which means at this point we think it's uh it's not a short term trend. The small caps have performed well, uh, at least for over uh, one to two years, and starting from early twenty twenty one. But we think this trend haven't ended yet. Oh, okay, that's great to know. That's probably why people interested in a little bit in small cap uh on China now um. Uh, in terms of equity research, um, what's your general approach? You know, previously we talked about macroeconomics. I think, uh, you know, obviously in the U.S., it's so, uh, so dominated dominated by the politics of China. Um, I, and sometimes even personally, I felt uh, in terms of talking about the macro uh, economy, China's macroeconomic risk, uh, the politics is on everything, everybody's mind. But I mean, how much of that macro uh, environment is actually impacting China's economy, right? So is this particularly the relationship between US and China. Um, is that a big factor uh, when you are thinking about China's uh, macroeconomic, like longer term uh, cause, like for, for equity? Well, that's a that's a very good question. We uh, you mentioned three uh, three things. One is uh, uh, macroeconomy, and uh, second is uh, uh, policy, and third is uh, the market. Well, the overall for strategy, we want to make calls for the market, buy, sell, and what to buy, what to sell, and but second is uh, I just wrote a piece a, a report earlier this year to talk about. The link between it's uh, the link between macroeconomy and the market, and macroeconomy, uh, it's only one factor for the market, and it's uh, very clear that uh, if we look at the experience, the history of Asia in the past, it's not it's not always even the direction of the market is not always driven by the uh, up and down for the macroeconomy. So when the market economy is good, uh, most of the time the market is will be not bad, but uh, the best performer, the best investors are not, uh, are not uh, accumulate their return by the input from macroeconomy. So uh, also for some of the years, market economy was not good, like for the year 2019, 2015, the market uh, was also uh, performing very well. So, which means that macroeconomy 
Well, it's very important, but it's only one uh, input factor for the overall uh, market. And second is the policy. And it's a very, also a very interesting policy, uh, uh, in, interesting topic that policy is only one input for the macroeconomy. And we think that most of the time, it's not the most important factor. I and know. It, yeah, it's not, it's not, it, it's not even the important factor because, well, it's most of the time is noise for, for, for the macroeconomy because we can see clearly that you can see the cycle for the economy is so clear that if you look at the history, you don't need input from the policy to understand the economy fluctuation. Sometimes the policy can be a booster or sometimes the, the policy can be accelerator for the economy and sometimes it's only a catalyst for you know the, the market movement and so most of the time yeah we, we think that that's only one input for the macro economy and in most of the time it's not the important factor thank you i think uh, the problem with uh policy becomes so central in a lot of china investment is because a lot of things that media were writing is policy changes, right? And for a few policy changes, specific policy change, it does impact significantly. For example, like COVID zero or, uh, you know, making uh, private tutoring uh, for 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 high school and lower uh, not uh, profitable business. I think those kind of policies does impact, but there are significant amount of policies that people, you know, pay so much attention and yet I've told many clients many, many times before, like last year or, or the year before, there was so much talk about limiting kids, uh, how many hours they can play video games or, you know, whether alcohol is going to be banned like just yesterday. And sometimes people react to this market, which has shown that these policies, these so-called articles that, you know, really it's just for the headlines. It doesn't really impact Chinese companies or the, the market over a period, but there's just so much. Uh, but I think maybe it's a learning process because China, um, the way media has portrayed China is so policy focused because the party's role, you know, is so central. And people seem to like forget um, that there's, you know, so many other things that that's going on, making policy not as important in many, many small, uh, smaller areas. Um, thank you for uh, sharing my view. And also in terms of macroeconomics, I think it, it's, it's true. I remember a couple months ago, um, uh, China, like for, for, because of the party Congress, they even stopped releasing some macroeconomic data and the market was still up because the sentiment was was up at, at those uh those times. So I think it's a macroeconomic data you know uh, releases has not become as important as in the US, which I think a lot of people maybe now um they are starting to realize. So thank you so much for for saying it so clearly for our investors. Um Let's go back to the you know company level. Uh, you, you guys really also you know aside from the macroeconomic research, you also have very very good um, company level equity research. Can you uh, give us an example of how you do a company equity research? You know what kind of data? How do you do it? Well, uh, sure. And 
for a sector and company uh, research, uh, we, we think that we divided our work in, uh, in uh, majorly, uh, mostly two things. Uh, one is uh, uh, to find the future, like uh, what's the, because China is still uh, grow with a relatively high uh, growth rate. So, which means that the structural op- opportunity will still be uh, very important uh, to capture. So, for most, uh, so one of our important uh, work to do is to find uh, what will change in the future. So, uh, it, say if we look at the past, uh, while well, there are quite a lot of opportunities which haven't been, uh, well, haven't been experienced before. And we, we need to look at the future, what will change in the future. And that's one thing. And second thing is uh, uh, we, we call this uh, uh, a close monitor for the, for the company and sector. Uh, for example, uh, uh, for the companies and sectors we covered, we will continuously do uh, uh, deep underground research on the company and research. And the sector, no matter uh, it will have opportunities in short term or not. Say for certain industry or certain sectors, we are very clear that uh, there will not be a very good buy opportunity because China is a, a mostly long only market. So uh, it is true that for some industry and companies, there will not be a very good opportunity in short term or even medium term, but. We, we will continuously do uh, on the ground uh, research on that. And uh, our analysts will do calls uh, and uh, channel checks and company visits and also collect uh, data on a daily basis. So when, uh, when the sectors will have a positive uh, a trigger or there will be a very good opportunities to buy, we will have a very clear uh, a range series of research, uh, research already ready for our investors to see uh, how this uh, sector and company involved. So we do make quite a lot of on the ground uh, research uh, calls with uh, industry uh, players and uh, uh, channel checks and companies and to check what is changing here. So I would separate that in two ways. I can, I can make a, a, a quick example. Like for early, early 2017, uh, we figure out that the pharmaceutical industry in China have, uh, there are quite a lot of uh, new things, uh, well, uh, happened in pharmaceutical uh, industry. And when we talk to uh, many private companies, they are talking about their innovation in, in, in China and how they do the uh, uh, innovative drugs. So, uh, so we figure out that, well, it's a new kind of new era for the pharmaceutical companies. And we compare that to the early uh, 2000, which uh, China's internet company uh, beca- became a uh, grow with a very fast speed. So uh, that's an example we figure out that there are quite a lot of new things coming out for this industry. It's not only to talk to listed companies, but we talk. We also talk to quite a lot of uh, non-listed companies to figure out what's happening for this sector. 
And uh, for example, for cloud computing, uh, we first covered cloud computing in early, uh, uh, maybe 10 years ago. And there were not even a listed company in the Asia market. But we think that 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 we think that that is a very important topic to cover, and in important industry in the future. So we uh, we have uh, in that report even there's no listed companies in, in in Asia. That that's great because I believe we will be talking uh, again on uh, cloud uh, companies because uh, we uh, have a cloud uh, uh, index in Wisdom Tree. And we launched it uh, before uh, the pandemic. And I remember so well when we launched it, I just joined uh, the company and the young people, the, the colleagues who are younger are so excited. And they were like, I, we have to buy it. Um, and the older ones were like, what is this? And then um, later on, you know, the pandemic hits and, you know, the cloud strategy really went through the roof. Uh, so I think... Uh, it's sometimes you know we have to talk to the companies that's not yet listed because they are the really the the future of, of the industry trend. Um, could you give us a few you know sectors that you think you are generally positive in the next three to five years? Well, uh, sure, but uh, but first I would like to talk uh, about what the sectors we covered, and it's uh, also very interesting that we only covered four sectors: uh, consumer. Uh, tech, uh, uh, we, we, and the third sector we call this uh, high-end manufacturing, uh, and uh, uh, also uh, uh, also healthcare. So those are the sectors we uh, 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 we, we 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 covered. Uh, uh, we we only covered in for the last uh, uh, eight years. So uh, so in the future, we think that. Uh, uh, we we think that uh, well, China have a, still have a very strong economy, and with a relatively high uh, speed of growth rate. So we think that consumer uh, and tech, uh, we think that these sectors will still be very important to look at uh, for the growth stock, and that will be a, a key area we are focused on. And there are many subsectors we think that will have a very good, uh, very very good growth rate in China. Say, uh, uh, for uh, like the hot topic AI and software and uh, cloud companies in China, and also we think that the Chinese brands are now uh, establishing their uh, very good performance in China and even outside China. We we, we can see that. Some of the Chinese brands are exporting uh, to the globally, uh, globally, and they are well recognized by uh, global consumers. And also, there's a very interesting uh, data that, well, even though the overall uh, exports in China uh, decelerate in the past, uh, in the past, uh, in the last twelve months, but still we can see that China. Uh, exports generate quite a lot of trade uh, surplus in the past, and the surplus didn't uh, decrease. So, which means that China is exporting more and more high-end, uh, high-margin products to uh, uh, to the you know uh, 
the the uh, market abroad. So uh, so that's a very well important uh, we think important changes for the China's economy and sector, which we will try to find uh, new uh, investment opportunity opportunities from here, and also for uh, pharmaceutical companies and healthcare companies. We think that in the past five years, even though they're, you know, those companies, they are facing tremendous obstacles from the policy that the uh, drug pricing is, is getting lower and lower, but still those companies are totally different from the pharmaceutical companies five years ago and 10 years ago. When we look at their uh, pipeline and when we look at their, well, their, uh, uh, their their plan to uh, investment in the in the in the drugs in the future. So uh, I think there are quite a lot of things going on in in China and those sectors. We think that they all have very important uh, investment opportunities going forward. Thank you. Um, in terms of um, um, I also believe you know healthcare and uh high end manufacturing and new energy are still going to be, uh, and high tech is still going to be the sectors that should generally attract a lot of uh, investment as well, because that's also what the government uh, is championing, right? Right now, um, in terms of the sectors that the government is saying. So that's why I think in terms of investing in, in China, you want a broad uh, cover, sector covered uh, investment instead of um just on one single sector. In terms of um, private businesses, like in Chinese, it's a uh, uh, you know non-state-owned uh, versus the state-owned. Um, our China index, because it's very passive, we only rebalance once a year, so we only invest in private uh, Chinese companies. What's your view in terms of uh, you know the private business? Are most of the companies that you guys cover mostly private or even within the state-owned companies, are there a few that you think um, still worth investor attention? Well, uh, we, are in a, we, are in, we are a private company. Well, so uh, it's, it's clear we are also very bullish on private companies in China. <laughs> I know. Uh, I grew up in Zhejiang, so it's like yeah. the place where only private companies are doing well, you know, mostly in the last 20, 30 years. So for me, like, you know, it's very hard for me to think about uh, state-owned. But uh, tell us, you know, if, if there's some areas of state-owned companies that investors uh, should pay attention. Well, uh, actually, you, you can separate Chinese companies uh, by private uh, companies and uh uh, state-owned SOEs, but also actually, if we look at the sectors, and well, it's uh it's highly linked uh for private sectors, uh for private companies and SOEs, for mostly uh market-oriented uh sectors, and they are more like dominated by private companies, and also for uh resources-based uh, higher investment uh, intensive and resources based uh, sectors those uh, you know, most of players are SOEs so those are well quite different so when we look at SOEs versus private companies mostly we are look at 
up, upstream sectors versus downstream sectors and mid to downstream sectors. So those are the you know topic we cannot avoid. So it's not you know one outperform other. It's mostly when we look at you know some people talk about you know in, in year twenty twenty one it's SOEs outperform private sectors. Well, it's just only because of you know all the commodities that were, were going up. Yeah, energy. Well, energy, coal, and so so it's not a set. It, you know, it's not a problem that China is you know uh, you know the policy is against private sectors, but it's because you know the market structure, the economy structure, it's uh, it leads the you know the result. So it's also it's not you know China alone which have uh, you know high commodity prices because you know in United States in you know all over the world the commodities prices were were up. So that's the that's the case then. So uh, yeah, no, it's totally. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, like last year, energy overall did so well at, globally. China, U.S. Uh, and because in China, energy companies are. Uh, somewhat, uh, you know, monopoly by the state-owned sector. So it's not, it's not because they do well because they are state-owned. It's because there's just not easy to enter in this, uh, like energy. Uh, if one day financial sector does well, then the state-owned companies will do well because financial companies, at least for now, are still dominated by Chinese uh, state. So in terms of, uh, we touched a little bit, um, how, how do you factor in Chinese politics uh, into your macro and equity research? Like what's the sensible approach? Well, uh, actually to uh, understand the Chinese politics is uh, difficult. So uh, that's, you know, that's for sure. And, uh, and also uh, uh, China's politics is also uh, well changing right uh, it's different from five years ago and different from 10 years ago so uh, first uh, we will not make huge efforts to understand that so that's well when we talk to you know our strategy our advantage uh, we first we will want to make sure that something we will not make huge efforts on so which means that we can focus on other things that we can have a uh, better understanding compared to the market and compared to our competitors. So that's uh, uh, that's on one hand. And second is, uh, well, when we uh, understand China's to- uh, politics, we would try to understand, you know, the link between China's politics and the policies and the link between that to the economy and, uh, and also to the market. And or the time frame, uh, for this link. So uh, that's something we would like to figure out. So if there is something that, uh, well, we can have better understanding, we'll pick that like uh, as one important factor for the you know, future market movement. Uh, but still, you know, there's uh, only a small fraction of the politics and the policy we can use this framework to uh, understand the impact to the market. So that's something we would like to describe and to mention in our report. But for the rest of the rest of the things, we think that uh, no matter what kind of news, anecdotal stories is that we think that could
could be irrelevant to our research. Yeah, I, and I think uh, maybe investors will gradually, you know, as they more invest in, in China more, they will realize that it's actually, even though the government uh, controls the companies, uh, but the impact of the government is uh, in many ways much smaller than people make it up to be. Uh, so I think uh, that is still not a well-accepted uh, uh, narrative in the U.S. and outside China. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, if people want to reach you, uh, what's the best way to contact you? Well, uh, no problem. And uh, uh, we have accounts on LinkedIn and Bloomberg that uh, if, uh, uh, if uh, anyone would like to have uh, any institutional investors uh, would like to have a trial account, uh, we can be contacted uh, from LinkedIn and Bloomberg. We have a website for our all research uh, reports, topic and events. Uh, uh, you can find our uh, 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 research. You can find our company uh, uh, website on hcinsights.com and our research uh, reports on uh, vmp.hcinsights.com or hk.hcinsights.com for English reports. Thank you so much. Uh, and I have uh, you know, learned uh, a significant amount last, uh, last year from, uh, even though I don't read your reports every day, I, I, I should, I think, uh, because uh, so, so far, I think uh, a lot of the insights are coming from you, you guys uh, in terms of research in individual companies as well as in sectors and, and macroeconomics as well. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to China of Tomorrow podcast. You can reach us on the Wisdom Tree website, uh, also on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, my Twitter account is at L-I-Q-I-A-N underscore R-E-N. Thank you for listening.